And we're back. The punt return is back here in 2019. I'm uh, Josh White. No, uh, no Woot this season. Um, he's uh, decided to uh, change career path and uh, he's he's mixing it up. But it's not my place to uh, tell the world what's going on there. So we'll keep that as a sort of a hidden mystery throughout the season until uh, Woot uh, tweets that out or, or whatever. But uh, we've got a whole new panel for the season. And, and uh, joining me uh, on the line is uh, Nick. He's a... Uh, He's a marketing guy from Stats Insider, big Eagles fan, so we've replaced Woot with a fellow uh, Eagles fan, and he's co-host of the Unplugged podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nick Splitter. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter as well, at JYNFL. How are you going, Nick? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. It's um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season, I think. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, the Eagles, uh, we'll get to them a bit later on, but uh, I've got some uh, I've got some uh, good feels about them this season, but we've also got uh, James on the line as well. He's also... A uh, writer for Stats Insider, former teacher. Now he's a now he's a punter, um, which we love to see. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, James, I, I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the surname. I'll let you do that for me. Well, it's James Rosewarn, but on Twitter, which I probably need to change, it's Rokewarn. R O K E. Yep. And then Warner's in the cricket. Did you do that for as a uh, as a teacher thing, just to change up your surname so you don't have students following you? Is that is no? I, don't, I honestly don't know what was going through my mind at that stage. Okay, <laughs> but it's there. It's on the public record now. So. Okay, there we go. So this episode is kind of our season preview. We went to tee it off last week, but we got held up and, and things got in the way a little bit. It's a busy time as the Mad scramble before the NFL season starts. So uh, just to give you all a quick update, um, the future of Wooten Wyeth, if you're a loyal listener listening on our feed here, um, we had a lot of questions over the off-season about what's going on because we used to s- smash the off-season with a whole heap of podcasts. Um, as I said, Woot, Woot's got a change of career path, so he's currently not in Sydney at the moment, so it's just too hard to um, do the podcast. So we're going to uh, tr- you know, move forward, and uh, I'm going to link up here with Stats Insider and, and the punt return this season. So... Um, we, last season we did two podcasts um, with the NFL sort of betting with Daryl and, and the model and things like that and the DFS one, but basically we're changing it now. Um, it's just going to be one podcast looking at speaking some NFL every week, a little bit of college football, but it's very much a Stats Insider podcast and you can check all that out at Stats Insider's feed as well and on the website as well, Nick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, statsinsider.com.au forward slash NFL. Um, we also cover a whole lot of other sports if, if you're keen. Um, check it out. Yeah, so what's the just for anyone that wants to tune in, what's going to be the basic premise on a week-to-week basis for the show? Sure. Well, I guess what, what we're going to do is you know, we're, all, we're all fans of the game. We all love the game. So we're going we're gonna to be talking sport. We're going to be talking NFL. Um, but but we're going to be looking for some betting value across each week and across the games. Um, obviously, this pod, looking at the season as a whole, um, be looking at some, some bold predictions, some season futures, some... Uh, player props potentially yep um but yeah we're, we're just gonna have some fun and and talk betting and talk value and yep. uh just enjoy the nfl yeah exactly and it's not going to be too betting focused as well so it's still going to be chatting about football and looking at matchups and and it's using those matchups and those sort of um games to just kind of allude to bets and things like that and then kind of at the end of the show we'll we'll have a few little bold you know, player props and things and, and predictions every week about what we think is going to happen. And we'll look for some, some bigger odds just for a little bit of fun to track throughout the year. But obviously our, our bigger values are on the lines and totals and things like that. Um, as I said, no DFS podcast, but talking, talking about those player matchups and things, you can allude to certain players going off and, and you can use the fantasy inside a lineup cruncher uh, there to uh, to get started. But let's let's jump into the AFC and we'll start with the AFC East. Pretty much a one-horse race, I think, boys, and we all agree here that uh, 
New England are the team to beat. Uh, James, what are your thoughts on, on New England? Um, their win total uh, this season is sitting at 11, 11, 11 and a half. I think looking at the sheet, we're all pretty keen on the over here. Yeah, I have to think the overs there. I was was just writing up their preview for Stats Insider in the last couple of days, and it's really hard to find any vulnerabilities in the team. Mm. One I picked out was along the offensive line with David Andrews out for the season at centre. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, that's going to be a huge thing. As you know, Brady, forty-two years old now. I mean, he's a you know he's a he's a phenomenon as it is. But you don't want to be taking any anybody out of that offensive line, especially considering how dominant they've been. I think he was sacked three on three percent of uh, on, uh, on on passbacks last year. So there's it's pretty much untouched. But you're taking out probably the, the most important cog from that offensive line, and yeah, huge. That's going to be a that's going to be a massive massive aspect yeah like uh, i did my team ratings new england came out on top it's it's kind of funny when you look at the the entire team like the, the weakness and the only thing that could really let them down is actually tom brady like yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like if he if he regresses that's that could be it but like uh, honestly i think they could slot in that jared stidham and probably win eight nine games um because they're just going to run the ball those those guards are really really great losing andrews obviously hurts but their defense their secondary is Absolutely amazing, and their O line, even without Andrews, is probably a top ten unit anyway. So I just think they're built. They're kind of built like the old school Brady teams when he was first starting out, where they're going to run the ball, play good defense, and he's just going to be a game manager and and just make the crucial throws and 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 not make mistakes, which is essentially what you need from that position when you've got a forty two year old quarterback. Uh, Nick, guys, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, guys, are we worried about Gronk not being there? Oh, a little bit. Like uh, you know, I, I put in the doc that his passer rating is. Basically, around Sam Darnold, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum without Gronk, Tom Brady. It's interesting, but mm. I think just the running backs that they have now and getting Josh Gordon back is just massive for them. I think he stretches the field. You get Edelman and and James White running on the inside, but I, I, I like them. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on the Pats? Oh, I just think they're they're so solid and they play to a system, and and it doesn't really matter who's in, who's out on a weekly basis. They they all know their role. Um, mm. I think it's going to be really important that that they can keep Sony Michelle and and. Josh Gordon, fit and healthy. Um, they're going to be the two main guys on offense, I think. Obviously, James White has had a much bigger impact in the last season or two, yep. um, and, and that'll that'll still be the case this year. But, you know, if, if Sony and, and Josh can can stay fit and healthy, that's going to go a big way to uh, taking the Pats far again in playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stats Insider model has them at 10.6% to win the Super Bowl, which is the uh, number one ranked team. So we started off uh, at the top. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead in the division and over the Dol- uh, over the Bills and Jets and just and just quickly go on the Dolphins. Let's not spend too much time. But on it is the probably do- the most fascinating story there, Josh. So <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, the, the Dolphins obviously tanking now. Um, you know, I wrote this in last week that they looked like they were tanking with the rumors and obviously all those players are now gone. Tunsil's and uh, Tunsil and Stills gone. Um, McMillan was on the block as well, but they just traded away everyone. They've acquired a lot of picks. They're going to probably tank. Their their win line now is, is, is probably a flat four. We were leaning under before, but it, it's just going to. It's hard to see them having wins. Um, I think uh, Brandon Thorne, an O line expert on Twitter, had the Dolphins as the worst O line in football, even when they had Tunsil. Um, now that he's gone and he was their best <laughs> offensive lineman, it's pretty ugly for for Fitzpatrick and, and Josh Rosen. Uh, I think they're they're really you're talking about one of the worst rosters in the league. Completely, you know, not just the O line, but yep. um, you know, completely probably tied with with one other um, in terms of the, the worst rosters um, across the board. But you got to feel sorry for for the two QBs on, on the roster, um, Old Fitzmagic and Josh Rosen. I mean, yep. they're just going to have zero protection. 
Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the Dolphins, James, before we move on to the Bills and, and Jets? I think I saw there's 30 guys out of their 53-man roster to the 25 years and younger okay. and 13 rookies as well. It is. It could be really brutal, but it's also unprecedented. I don't know if we've seen an NFL team so clearly tanking before yeah. the season started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if there's is a bet out there and you want to find, I mean, I've, I've seen a price and I've, I've sort of hit it in terms of them being the lowest win total in the league. Yeah, um, I've seen some 450s around. Um, yeah. It was a, yeah, I saw a 650 of the weekend. Oh, no. But that's big. I mean, it's crunching into about four fifty now. Yeah, okay. I, I, I still think the four fifty is value. Yeah, not, not too bad. And I think there's some some ones out there with the Bengals. If you're not a believer in them, where you can get them at sort of eight dollars. So you kind of get yeah. the bottom two teams at a pretty healthy yeah. percentage. I'm going to pull the Bills and Jets together here because their win totals are, are almost identical. You got a flat seven for for both teams here. Um, the Jets and the Bills, and I think that whether they go over or under, I think it's going to come down to how they perform against each other yeah. um, a little bit. Obviously, they play each other twice, um, and they're kind of built two different ways. So the Jets are going to be really great on offense. Sam Darnold looks great. Ty Montgomery actually looks really good um, behind Le'Veon Bell um, if he has some rust. So that, and then they obviously have that Christopher Hernan at tight end, obviously suspended, but they've got a bunch of good weapons. They've so upgraded their O-line a little bit by bringing back Ryan Khalil out of retirement. But their defense, their secondary is so bad that they've got no sort of linebackers apart from C.J. Mosley and no sort of secondary players out at corner especially. Whereas the Bills, they're going to have some issues on offense, obviously, um, with Josh Allen's inaccuracies and, and, you know, some okay wide receivers and weapons there. But their defense is really, really good. So sort of two teams on the up but just built in, in different ways. Yeah, I mean, am I the only one thinking that Ty Montgomery is kind of the, the perfect guy to spell Bell? Um, you know, he's kind of like a, a, a little mini Bell anyway. Yeah, poor man's um, Le'Veon. I like it. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's almost like, you know, Bell hasn't played for a year. He's, he's going to need some adjusting, I think, um, back into, into playing full-time. But, you know, Montgomery can do a bit of everything. He can run, he can catch, just just like Bell. Um, he's quick, he can cut really well. And, you know, he's kind of they kind of don't have to change anything when, when Bell comes off for a spell. Yep. Um, and, and Montgomery can really pick up that slack. We saw we saw what he was able to do in previous years when he was given an opportunity um, to be the, the the main guy. And um, you know, I, I think he's kind of the perfect guy to to, to be the number two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my my problem with the Jets in terms of you know continuity being the buzzword in professional sports at the moment, and this is just this is ground zero. We've got a new coach in there, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new general manager, new running back, new highest paid wide receiver out there, and Jamison Crowder as well. And coming off a season, I think it was their second most points conceded in franchise history, like from a points, as, as Josh was saying, very thin in the defensive core outside of Leonard and they brought in, um, Quinn and Williams, uh, through the draft as well. That, that's, that's a positive, but just, I just, it's hard to sort of, uh, find an in point with these guys. Yep. Um, and that's my concern with the Jets. Just so much change, but it could change for the good, though. Yeah. But I just don't know how it's going to come together in the first. Yeah, year. yeah, it might. It might be year two under this regime. That's yeah. where, where the real improvement happens, and they have another solid draft and 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 get some exactly. and get some more core players at corner and on the offensive line. I I agree. Um, I think the the Bills basically come down to how well Josh Allen improves as a passer, and all reports yeah. are that he is. So you know both kind of both teams I could see going eight and eight, nine and seven as a sort of a maximum. If the ball bounces correctly a few times, maybe one of those teams could sneak out ten wins. But I think both around that sort of just around hovering five hundred mark um, again for for both. The stat I like there, guys, is Buffalo Bills second overall DVOA defense last year. Yep. And you know Sean McDermott's a bit of a whiz kid back there as well. So 
and they keep on, you know, they keep going to the draft and keep on bringing in guys. Ed Oliver's the most recent one. Yep. Tremaine Edwards last year was fantastic in his rookie season. Yep. Uh, Hughes keeps getting sacks and quarterback hits. The defense is fine, as you said. A little bit of improvement from Josh Allen, and we'll see how TJ Yeldon goes running ball and Frank Gore as well. Yeah, I can see them getting eight or nine wins yep. but yeah, and a second-place finish for sure. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to the, the next division here, and that's the ASC North, and we'll start with the uh, Baltimore Ravens here. There, Their win total is at eight and a half. Uh, 2.4% uh, by the Stats Insider model to, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I really like the over here. Um, I'm big on the Ravens this year. I think I'm sort of chips in um, on Lamar Jackson improving. He did it in his first couple of years um, at Louisville where he was a bit of a, a running quarterback but then developed his passing each season. So I feel like he's now had the entire offseason to work on passing. Um, he's he, he, he wasn't actually that bad passing the football. I feel like that story got overrated. Um, a little bit. I know he's not a you know the pass first quarterback, but I think they can do things and and, and sort of confuse defenses for a while there with with his running ability. And I do think that uh, Mark Ingram's a great ad, and, and I just I really like their their team. I just think that they're they're really great on special teams. I think that's an underrated aspect in football. Mm-hmm. Um, we see teams lose by missed field goals all the time. And when does Justin Tucker miss field goals? He I know they lost a lot of talent on defensive line, but adding Earl Thomas into this. Probably secondary. I think it's the best secondary in the NFL, and I think in today's NFL, pass coverage and and being able to defend the pass is is a lot more important. Just the way that the NFL is trending. So I, I really like the Ravens. I think they win the division, um, and and if things go correctly, could could see a, a bye week potentially. Yeah, I, I'm a bit similar. I I've got a slight lean to the overs. I, I think eight and a half is probably the right line for them preseason, um, but I've got them in a, a wild card spot come end of the season. Um, and, yeah, if, if I was going to have a pun on, on this one, I'd be going the overs just. Yeah, and hats off, Josh, to sort of go, you know, because it is, isn't it? It's not the cool thing to actually go with Baltimore, despite all the sort of success they have, and they're always in the in the picture. Obviously, the cool thing is to jump on Cleveland, right? Um, yes. <laughs> whereas there's nothing, the only major change going at is Adarius Smith, right, from defense. He's gone to Green Bay on a, on a big deal. But as you said, Earl Thomas has come in, the offense is going to improve. Um, and it just rock solid. I mean, outside of the Patriots, this is and the Steelers for that matter. Yep. This is a rock solid franchise, you know, with minimal change and just keeps chugging along. So, for me, yep, slight overs and a wild card spot, like Nick said as well. For me, yeah, definitely. And you, you talk about stability, and that, that's one of the things I put in my like I do a, sort of my player rankings, and I also factor in coaching and stability. Like no change yeah. is so good. Like obviously, change can be great when you've been so bad, and we'll get to Green Bay. Like that that's positive example of positive change, but. Having like just that stability, not worrying about management or a change Absolutely, of coach or anything yeah. like that, it just helps players and and they don't have to spend time learning new offenses. They can just work on their craft and and that's why I think the Ravens yeah win the division. Um, so I've got money on them for Super Bowl, all sorts of stuff there that they came out really well in my ratings and it's basically because of coaching, special teams and and stability kind of gave and, them a big push. And just there, Josh, as well, you know, front office stability as well. The tr- smooth transition into, um, is it for Filippo now? Um, 
De Filippo. Forgot his um, that's the yeah. Yep. But it's 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 this seamless transfer. So it's the same draft draft philosophy stays the same. It's franchise wide. Yeah, I, I love that in a, in, a, in a team. Yeah. Something, yeah. Uh, teams de, would kill for that. De Costa is uh, the name. You got the D. You got yeah. You got the DE. Yeah. De Filippo now in Jacksonville. Yeah, in Jacksonville. That's yeah. right. So we'll, we'll get to them in a little bit. Um, we'll go moving on to the uh, to the Steelers now. Speaking of stability, James, you touched on it. What what are your thoughts on them this season? Again, the cool thing is to jump in and say, okay, that's the end. Ben Roethlisberger is you know, 37 now. Leon yep. Bell's gone. Antonio Brown's gone as well. But the stability is a big factor. This is a team that you know believes deeply in the offensive line and giving heaps of protection to Ben Roethlisberger, heaps of time to get it to all these receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster drafted in James Washington yep. as well. I- I'm... I can't see them miss being. They'll be around the playoffs for me as well. And again, another commitment, commitment to defence drafting Devin Bush in the first round. I, I can't see him falling off the map. No, truthfully. no. And their win, their win uh, total is set at flat nine at the moment. Um, I'm leaning yeah. over as well. Uh, Nick, uh, are you uh, are you on on the Steelers? Um, I, I don't want to touch the Steelers this season, to be honest. I just, yep. I, I just don't trust. Um, you know. We all know how important stability is, and, and we've been talking about it for the last few minutes. But yep. um, you know, there is a lot of change, and, and I don't think that they're going to lose a whole lot. Um, but you know, Big Ben's getting up there in age. Yep. Um, obviously, Juju going from number two to number one. Yep. James Connor is is you know he's he's going to be a star if he's not already. Yep. Um, but I, I really like James Washington. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense, and um, I think so much of of other teams' defensive planning is going to be on. Smith Schuster, and, and I think James Washington is going to have a really big opportunity to to get down the field often and and, uh, and score quite often as well. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy the Steelers being underrated going into a season. Um, it just seems like they're always one of the, the the really sexy picks because they had Brown and Bell and and uh, Big Ben that trio. So you know if if Juju and Connor can be like eighty percent of, of of Brown and and Bell, like that's still a great trio. Like it's oh, still... and they just. They yeah. just do so well at staying relevant, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who's there, who leaves. Like the fact that they can replace Brown and Bell with with Juju and Connor straight up, yeah, um, and then and draft really well. Um, they're, they're just such a solid franchise, and they don't often get it wrong. Hmm. They'll they'll be thereabouts, um, but yeah. you know, I think there's there's some strong franchises in this in this division, division yeah. And, and yeah, I'll, this I'll, is. I'll just touch one, really one last. To yeah, Devin Bush is just. I think he's probably got the most important role as a rookie kind of defensive player because it's just such a big hole to fill with Ryan Shazier. If he actually yeah. fills that role and plays like he's predicted, he kind of completes that missing linebackers where they really struggled. But as you said, this this division is insanely tough. Three of these teams could win the division, and, and James touched on it before. Cleveland uh, kind of are the sexy pick. So uh, are you? Uh, are you getting sexy, James, and picking the Browns, or are you going to be boring and like no, no, me? I, I am. I'm going with the Browns. Like I, I, I love what they've done. I think it presents a model for all teams across the league as well. In terms of, I guess this is what Miami want to do as well. You know, you want to have heaps of, you know, say <laughs> a term we've used in the office as well. You know, shots at the pinata as well. Keep on hitting the donkey and see how many draft picks can fall out, and some are going to hit. I, I like them. I mean, obviously, Baker's elite. They're elite on every position on offense except the offensive line. Now, is the offensive line going to hold up and protect oh, yeah. Baker? And, you know, do you want to be investing in a suspect offensive line as well? It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. And, and you're coming up against these two, again, ironclad franchises. I think it's a three-team 
um, playoff division yep. right there. So, I think it's I mean, the most fascinating division in football this season. I think absolutely. it's going to be. I just I want to watch all AFC North games not involving yep. the Bengals. Yeah, and we've got to also you know mention um, Garrett as well. He's just going to absolutely explode. Yep. Yeah, and adding Odell Beckham, like, this is the best, like, Odell Beckham's thrived playing with the, with the back end of Eli Manning's career, so he's getting Baker Mayfield now, like, who's probably, like, Absolutely. already in the first year now. This will be his first year of a very, what should be a very long prime for him. Um, he's already kind of excelled to elite quarterback status here, so. Um, that yeah. combination's going to be absolutely deadly, and Nick Chubb's um, phenomenal. And if they can keep him healthy until Kareem Hunt come back, you, you can make some dangerous you know, inroads there using split backs and things like that. So it is and, hard. I just can't buy into that offensive line. That's the Achilles heel for me, and yeah. I think the hype just has got a little bit too much. But now it's kind of coming back a bit where everyone's like, oh, they're overrated. Um, so now that's kind of like... It's trendy to say that they're overrated. <laughs> this is a thing, yeah. And also, just on the offense as well, in terms of Jarvis Landry, like now OB, OBJ coming in, how many teams would Jarvis Landry like be the number one guy on? You know, so it's just like they've got a plethora of riches there. And Joku as well is a really decent tight end. Yep. This is a good team. This is a really good team. But yeah, exactly. So you've it's... got you've got them winning the uh, the North, and and so do you, Nick. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited about Cleveland. I think. I think that the big question, as you've already said, is can can the defense keep up with with their offense? They are ridiculously good on offense, uh, and and OBJ is kind of the perfect guy to to bring into a high octane offense. Um, it, they're going to be so much fun to watch, um, and, and like you said, I'll be I'll be making sure to watch all all Browns games this season, which is something that people wouldn't have said very often. But just just uh, going back to the the start of this chat about the Browns, I'm just going to make a little note here to. Uh, for, for promo for this episode, the James Ro- Rosewarn getting sexy for the Browns. Yep. Um, that's, uh, I'm sure that's yeah, that's very tweetable. Uh, and, and the paper bags involved as well. In terms of, you know, <laughs> it's pretty. It's a yeah. It's a pretty. It's getting pretty spicy. It is. Um, well, let's move on to the last team in the division, and that is the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Their win total is. Uh, Six, and I, I love this comment that, that James put in our doc. Is there a less interesting team in the NFL right now? And I think we all agree it's it's a no, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've I've got them um, tabbed as as you know equal worst yep. roster in the NFL yep. um, with the Dolphins, as as we said before. Yep. Um, but they're just so irrelevant. It's yeah. kind of a meaningless franchise at the moment. Yep, um, definitely. Yeah, you know, and I remember looking back a couple of couple of years, and and they were they were also fun. Yeah, um, they were great to watch. They were, they were. You know, a really solid, a really solid franchise in, in so many ways, but I just, I, I find nothing exciting about them. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the Bengals, but I will note that um, in our uh, in our group doc here, we all have strong under here. So under on the on the Bengals is kind of like our best bet in the AFC. Looking at um, all of our notes here, we all love the under. It's probably moved now, like uh, in a week. It's probably sitting at five and a half, but. I mean, if AJ Green comes back earlier, then they can do something a little bit. Uh, Tyler Boyd's sure. a decent player, but yeah. like their O line again is 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 probably on par with the Browns and their defense is, you know, like they've got some players, but it's just just uninspiring franchise. With sort I'm, of, I'm, uh, rich I'm really high on on Tyler Boyd. I think he's a really good player, and I think he could be he could be a star yep. on on a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, you know, putting this stock together. I, with the line was at six, I, I can't see them winning four, let alone six. There you go. <laughs> um, so that, that, that's it's a massive. That's that's a massive under for me. I was going to jump in there from a, like a franchise perspective. This is a team who obviously isn't going anywhere and doesn't, you know, 
one first round pick has been invested into that defense over the last five seasons. Mm. Now, for a team who is rebuilding and trying to go somewhere, that's you've got to add some talent into that defense. I mean, and not to say everybody's doing it, but that is there's there's no sort of shortcut there. It's got to get some more talent in there, and also that kind of choice to get Zach Jones in. Is it Zach Jones, the head coach? Uh, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, excuse me. That's fine. This, this, this idea <laughs> of going with the you know quarterback guru, he knows Sean McVay. You know, I, I would have thought something like a Vic Fangio appointment would have been better there. Yeah. You know, so, something a little bit. I don't know. It's just uncool just to do what everybody else is doing, sort of thing. <laughs> Listen, on the treadmill in in an NFL treadmill, that's how Cincinnati seemed to me. Yeah. Maybe they'll prove us wrong, but I, I, that doesn't sound like any of us are at all excited. No, not no, at all. I just, just I just can't see any elite talent on any line across the roster at all. Mm. I mean, like I said, I, I really like Tyler Boyd, but yeah. not quite elite. Um, and, and I'll, you know, I'll uh, stick up for my boy Gino Atkins. I think he's a star. If he was playing in a bigger market, he would be a, a, a household name. Um, but he is getting a bit older in years. So I think um, Sam Hubbard, six sacks in his rookie season, was a decent effort as well. Yep, but um, just not like, enough. No, no, not enough. Yep. Not enough. Uh, let's move on to the AFC South. Um, and this kind of division was purged wide open when Andrew Luck retired. And um, we'll start with the Houston Texans. Now, I don't know if it's just, just me with my Colts. Um, colored eyes, but I just think the Texans are one of the most overrated teams in sport this year. I just, I love the under eight and a half. I don't buy, I don't buy into Bill O'Brien as a as a coach, and now we've seen how bad he is as a GM um, over the last four days. But I just don't understand. I get their ceilings high, but I feel like their their floor is is very low. So like looking at how they went last year, they went eleven and five against the fourth easiest schedule. They were finished dead last in rushing DVOA. Their pass defense struggled any time Clowney and Watt couldn't get to the quarterback before a QB got the ball out of hands. Now Clowney's gone. You can double-team Watt. They've lost players on secondary. I just I just don't know how they're going to go. They're playing a much harder schedule this season. Um, football outsiders have them as the second-hardest schedule. I, I I have them, at best, finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, That was probably that was pre-Andrew Luck. Maybe they could go 9-7 and seven now and get a, an extra game against the Colts, but the Colts kind of seem to own them in their own house. T.Y. Hilton has loves playing in Houston. Um, so I just, they're, they're a massive under for me. Um, and I just, I, I could see them coming last in, in the division. See, uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I agree They're Like you said, their ceiling is really high. If they, if they put it all together, if they can protect Watson, um, which is going to be so important for them, then, you know, they, they can do some, they can do some really good things. Um, but, you know, looking at this, at this division, nine wins can win the division. Um, and, 100%. and Houston can, can definitely get there. Um, I, I think they're the best offense in in the division, yep. uh, and I think they'll put up the most points, uh, but so much comes down to, to the protection of, of Deshaun Watson, and, and we know what, what happens when you know, offensive lines can't protect the quarterback. We've yeah, seen they retire. Like, they retire, exactly, <laughs> and, and I'm sure I'm sure. I mean, the Texans are doing exactly there, what... Um, the Colts are doing to and, did to Andrew Luck. They're doing the exact yeah, same thing that Gregson are, and Pagano did to Luck. They are, but at least at least they're starting to make some moves to to help. You know, they brought in Tunsil from Miami. Yeah, and they that's paid massive. Up, but they paid up for him. They they yep. brought in Kenny Stills in the same in the same trade, and that's that's also an extra an extra asset for for Watson to work with. Yep. Um, and, and I don't think um, in in Watson's career so far that he's had the assets to, to work with, and and now they're starting to put that around him. Um, you know, obviously, look, Lamar Miller going down is, is a big loss. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I think they can. I think they'll win the division. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I think I, if they I, put it all together, they can. They could have twelve wins. But I think it's more likely that 
division winner yeah, ends up with nine and, or ten. This isn't a knock on Watson. I think he's a star. I just think Bill O'Brien's a really conservative coach. If he had someone that was willing to trust Watson a bit more and like Bill O'Brien just is so conservative. It just drives me mental. Um, they always seem to only play really well when they when they're down and they need to throw, and that's when Watson thrives. So it just seems like if they just did that from the opening jump, they'd be a lot better. But that's that's kind of why I'm a and bit. And I also I also don't think they're going to miss Clowney that much because they've played him out of position the whole time. True, um, and, and I don't think they're going to miss him that much. But it allows um, you to double team JJ Watt, who kind of hasn't been JJ Watt since he's returned. So it's hard; like it's a lot easier now to kind of factor him out of games. Yeah, that's that's the impact. Yeah. Enormously top heavy for me, you know, with Hopkins, Watson, Watt, and then it just falls falls away. Mm-hmm. Like it just falls away really badly and especially in positions where it shouldn't be falling away, such as on, on the offensive line. They really haven't run the ball very well for years in yep. Houston. It's uh, uh, Honey Badger's gone as well now. Yep. Just for, Kareem to, Jackson gone too. Kareem Jackson's merciless getting older as well. Yep. It just, I'm not huge. This is a franchise that sort of has forgiven the sort of general manager position. I haven't even bothered to put someone in. It's pretty much Bill O'Brien as you know, interim. I, I, I hope they interim. go 8 and 8 and keep Bill O'Brien because if they go 6 and 10 or 5 and 11, then he's getting fired, which would, would be the worst possible result as a Colts fan. So <laughs> keeping Bill O'Brien and just being, you know, 8 and 8, Jeff Fisher-esque would be fine by me. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not huge on Houston personally, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on now uh, to what was the favorite in the division before, uh, you know, their elite quarterback decided to retire before the age of 30. Um, I'm still cr- keep cry at night over it. Um, c- cried into my cereal for that morning. Just it was very, very uh, tea heavy Milo cereal for me. Um, yeah, but can they still contend without luck at quarterback? And I'll, I'll make the case. Um, you look, Jacoby was bad when he filled in for luck last time. But you know, we had probably a bottom five offensive line then. We had the, the worst head coach in the world in Chuck Pagano. We had an offense run by Rob Chadinsky. Um, like he's not even in the league anymore. Like we just had, it was just terrible. We've got a much better coaching staff now. Frank Reich is probably one of the top five, like offensive minded head coaches in the NFL. We have a top five offensive line. We've got plenty of weapons. Dion Kane's back. Devin Funches was drafted. Paris Campbell's a top hundred pick. T.Y. Hilton's had his best season ever, uh, off season ever. And I just think that this situation's actually quite okay. And they only need Jacoby Brissett to be like a top 25 quarterback, kind of like an Andy Dalton the year the Bengals kind of won their division. Like, he's surrounded by weapons, it, it elevates him and, and makes his job a lot easier, and I think their defense is young and, and, and got quite quite a bit of talent. They just need a couple of their young guys to step up and make the, and make the leap, and I think they could still win the division. Um, well, I don't think it's that crazy an idea. I was going to say, Josh, as you were crying into your cereal that morning, yep. a, a lot of people were frantically chasing the under of yeah. <laughs> wherever, it was le- wherever it was left. And weirdly yep. enough, so it was nine and a half or ten at that stage. Yep. And it's flipped back to six and a half, which I think now is a real overplay. Yeah. In terms of you, obviously you're taking out Luck, who's just an un- was an unbelievable quarterback. We're going to miss him. Yep. But this, what the, the sort of squad that Chris Ballard's put in place is all of that kind of John Dorsey, Kansas City philosophy, right? Heaps of draft picks heaps of speed, heaps of athleticism all over the team, depth in every position as well. The offensive line was better than New England's last year. With Anthony Costanzo in the team, I think along with New Orleans from a sack percentage was one and two. I think six and a half is probably is, is too low for, for me. I, I, I really like the direction they're going in as well. For years, Colts had nothing on defense. Darius Leonard walks in as a rookie. 
Yep. And wins rook, defensive rookie of the year. I backed him at fifty-one dollars just quietly. Oh nice, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's my best <laughs> win last year. There's <laughs> a, a brilliant um, uh, Bleacher Report uh, feature by Tyler Dunn on the weekend. Inside the mind of a maniac. Beautiful. <laughs> and I just said that was absolutely fantastic and a really yep. good read too as well. So. <laughs> yep. So we've got two there on the over at six and a half, or yeah, it's, it's flat sevens at other places. But if you can find that six and a half, then yeah, go nuts. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Colts, Nick? Look, I, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm a bit leaning towards the under. If it was seven, I'd, I'd be definitely on the under. Yep. Um, I, I just don't like Brissett to be honest. But yep. like, like you said, this is a very different situation for him. Um, I think last time when, when he had to fill in for, for Luck, you know, he, he joined the team what a week. A week before the regular season started, yeah, it was um, very minimal had, prep. Yeah, he, he's now had an entire season as Lux backup. Um, he, he knows how they play. He, he knows, you know, the system. Um, they've definitely got a much better offensive line than than they've ever had before. Um, yep, at, at the Colts, and you know, so it, it's really up to him to show that he can he can actually play quarterback full time in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he he had the talent coming out of college. Um, it's just he's just got to put it all together. But yeah, I just. Look, I was really high on the Colts with Andrew Luck. Um, and have we ever seen in, in one moment um, a team's projection change so quickly? Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, I think the last time Luck was injured, <laughs> right, yeah. on, the, right well, on the sort of eve of the season, I think similar. I guess when, when Tom Brady tore his ACL, things were doom and gloom, but then they won 11 games with Matt freaking Castle. So, you yeah. know, it, it's yeah. just... Maybe they can emulate that. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you know, Reich's great, but he's not Bill Belichick. So um, we'll wait <laughs> yeah, and see. Yeah. Let's let's move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars now. Their their lines at flat eight. Um, pretty much pick them at this point. Um, yeah, interesting team. You know, obviously, you know Nick Foles just by not being Blake Bortles is a big upgrade alone. But the guy's never played a sixteen game season at quarterback. He's always seems to get injured or something happens. Um, so they've they've brought in D Filippo, um, who was one of the most pass-heaviest offensive coordinators, and they brought him to Jacksonville where they want to run the ball with Leonard Fournette 30 times a game. So that <laughs> dynamic is definitely interesting on how that's going to work. But just on not being not having Blake Bortles alone, I think this team's obviously going to go a lot better. Uh, their defense is still amazing. Josh Allen falling to them is huge with him on the edge now yeah, with Yannick Nagokwe and Arby Jones and Marcel Darius and Clay Campbell in the middle. Um, is pretty stout. They did, you know, Telvin Smith did decide to take a year off or, or or possibly retire. So at linebacker, you know, it's just kind of Miles Jack there. Um, so that's kind of a weakness for them. He was kind of their middle of the field general. And obviously we know, you know, what Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye can can bring. So I think this team, if I, if I do take my Colts, you know, glasses off, I think they're probably the favorite for me to win this division. I just think um, they can do it on the back of their defense and, and, and pretty, pretty, Good running game. I think Leonard Fournette can bounce back after a pretty injured year in 2018. Um, with Jacksonville, in terms of uh, they were a quarter away from being in the Super Bowl in 2017. Um, they called that thing on Miles Jack that shouldn't have been called. They they yeah, win that game. It, this this is exactly right. But at the same time, then you fall to five and eleven the next season. If anybody had sort of you know fat and happy with their performance, it was Jacksonville last year. And, and just from that franchise point of view, exactly as you said, Josh, you've got Tom Coughlin who you know plays this you know East Coast hard school. You know, like I want to run that ball. 
<laughs> down everybody's throats. Then it's the Costa, uh, the Filippo comes in, and Nick Files. I, I don't know what they're actually doing. This is, and I could see it exploding this year, to be honest. <laughs> but for me, it just feels like, like how long's Caldwell been in there as, is it Caldwell, their general manager, the former Seattle guy? Anyway, yep. he's been there for about seven years. Now. I think he came over 2012. Maroney's been there for I think three or four years. Yep. I can see it just absolutely exploding. Shahid Khan's not, you know, gonna be the most patient man okay. around. I don't know the role Tom Coughlin plays either there. Is he gonna step down and just start coaching himself? <laughs> but there is talent, exactly as you said, there's talent everywhere, except probably in the receiving core. I don't yep. love their receivers. Mm-hmm. And big sort of question mark, can Fournette actually bulldoze through a whole season? If you can it could win a running title, Russian title, but yep. yeah. And Nick, Nick Foles, let's, let's just let's just put it out there. Nick Foles is the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he really is. Can, um, anyone can. Yeah, bring that. he's the most well endowed quarterback that's ever lived. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yeah. big in, yes. that's a fact. Um, it is. It is a fact. Um, but you know, it's, so much of it is going to come down to their defense. I think I, I've got them as a top five defense in the league, maybe yep. even a top three on their day. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's that's their calling card, and if Foles can keep things consistent, um, limit the turnovers, and, and Fournette can be that that bulldozer. Um, you know, there the, there's some promise there, and, and I think they can improve really quickly. But they've just got to have the the consistency, I think, because they're going to have some massive games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move to the Titans now, and look, they have a pretty solid roster. Um, I'll say that. But the, my biggest question mark is quarterback. Can Mariota be consistent? I mean, he plays, he has these games where you think he's got it all together, and then the following week he's garbage. Um, and then he's also got plenty of injury problems. But they have a very solid roster. They're kind of the opposite to the Houston Texans, where they don't really have much elite talent, but they have a lot of really good to above average players. Um, so they're kind of the anti-Texans here. So their their win total is currently uh, at a flat eight as well. Um, look, I think this division basically comes down to how these teams play against each other. If you go four and two in the division, you're probably going to win that division. If if you don't, then you're not. So it's kind of up in the air. Like any of these four teams can win the division. Um, I've got the Texans kind of finishing at eight and eight, run of the mill sort of team because I just don't know what Mariota's going to do. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, Mariota has shown flashes of his talent. Um, but he hasn't been able to do it consistently. And, and I think it's going to come down to him and Derek Henry. I mean, the same question we, we ask of Leonard Fournette is, is can Henry be that number one guy all season? Um, we, we haven't seen it. We've seen it in, in bursts, you know, two, three, four game stints, but can he do it for 16? And, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really important part of what the Titans can, can put up this season. I, I'm not sure about the, the, the eight. Um, yep. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, even uh, i'm not sure i'll touch that one if i had to i'd probably go the unders but only just yep. um just because i don't trust them and i'd probably just not not even touch the eight okay i'm actually big on the titans guys i actually I'm, I, re- I genuinely am i like what's going on in the whole franchise i think there's stability there there's a lot of that patriots kind of john robinson a former scout that ran the player personnel at new england's running the shop now mike Vrabel, obviously a former patriots linebacker I think there's stability. There's three straight nine and seven seasons. Nothing to sneeze at. I think they want to run it. I think they want to run it hard as well with a strong offensive line. Dion Lewis is going to complement Derek Henry really well. This is the fifth season for Mariota, so it's now or never in his contract year as well. Uh, Corey Davis, they went big on him, first round pick a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like him. I re- Delaney Walker coming back from an injury as well, like is a solid option at tight end, which is the exact kind of receiver that um, Mariota needs. 
I really like them. I think I, I can't fault the sort of process and the direction they're going in. Um, and I think they've laid the foundation and now's the season to take off, especially with obviously the Colts down, Jacksonville, who knows what's going on, and Houston, who knows what's going on. I, I think they can win the division and I think even have the kind of team that can make some noise in the playoffs. Okay, there we go. So, so yeah. James Cannon the table for the for the Titans. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. Well, that uh, we got one last division in the AFC, and let's get cracking to it. And that is the uh, AFC West, and we've got uh, the the Denver Broncos here. Their lines at seven. We mentioned Vic Fangio before. Um, this defense is full of talent. It, it is an yep. unbelievable defense, and you know if Joe Flacco can wind back the clock a little bit and just be you know a little bit better than he has been the last couple of years. Why not the Broncos? I mean, they had some really close games there with Keenum at quarterback. Um, they pushed the Chiefs. They should have beaten the Chiefs at home last season. They've had some, they've had some really good games there. They just couldn't put it together, and they just need a, a, a more competent quarterback just to get them over over the line a little bit. But when you look at this defense, you know Bradley Chubb and, and Derek Wolf and and Von Miller here, and their secondary adding Kareem Jackson and, and Bryce Callahan to go alongside Chris Harris. This is a, this is a, an, yeah. an amazing defense, um, and I I could see them getting to eight and eight. Um, so I have them as a push, kind of at that seven. I'm just I'm just not sold on uh, on Joe Flacco. It's hard. You, see, you, you the quarterback's always considered like oh it depends on the quarterback play, but looking at the Broncos, it really comes down to how well Joe Flacco plays for them. I think that's basically how you can see the Broncos season. I can endorse any positivity regarding Denver, particularly with the defense. However, $66 million for Joe Flacco for three years <laughs> to me is absolutely insane. And it could, it's, this, this could be the whole John Elway tenure right here. This could fail spectacularly. It could. That's just a horrendous allocation of resources. I know it sounds like I'm absolutely firing at Flacco because I, I like Flacco. He's a decent quarterback. That, not that kind of money. That's, that's insane. Mm. Um, and it really could, un, you know, undo all the games. And I even love that Fangio appointment, especially in this era where everybody wants to find the next offensive guru, you know, and the next mastermind. I love that move. I love it to, to pair him with that Broncos defense as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have probably used the two best words to describe Joe Flacco um, that, that I've heard for a while, and that's decent <laughs> and competent. Um, if If he can be decent for 16 games and if he can be a competent quarterback, They've got the talent. I mean, if, if Emmanuel Sanders can stay healthy, um, he's, he's also getting up there in age. They've got Court, Cortland Sutton um, as, as the number two receiver. Um, you know, there, there's some talent there. If, if Flacco can, can be competent and, and limit the turnovers, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen on the ground in Denver. I think Philip Lindsay can, he yeah, can hold yeah. it up. I think he can. It's just that they seem so set on this running back by committee and you just never yeah. know who's yeah. going to get the touches. And, and I don't know if you can trust trust one of those backs to get you know 20 touches in any game or and, and consistently to be a number one back and i think teams that have that mentality struggle on the ground because they don't get the the rhythm um so yeah, it so, needs so to much be really, down to that it's, but, a, it's a good point nick it needs to be really nuanced and really built into whatever you're doing as a franchise it needs to be understood across the board by the offensive line and by all the individual players so, yeah, it's really, really difficult. It's a really good point. I think it's something the Patriots can do, you know, when, yep. by committee, you know, everybody jumping in, jumping out. But, yeah, when you're a sort of fringe team, I agree. That's a, it's tough. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs. Over 10.5, um, they're 9.3%, second favourites in the uh, Stats Insider win Super Bowl uh, model. I, uh, 
I am, I'm, I'm leaning over. I know it's high, um, but I just have them winning the West now. I think with the Chargers losing sort of Russell Okung for a little bit and, and Derwin James, and we'll get to them in a second, um, I, f- I feel like their path got a little bit easier here to win that division. Um, a tougher schedule, but Mahomes in year two obviously should improve a little bit. Um, he won't put up as insane numbers because I think their defense has improved a little bit and they'll, they'll, they'll run the ball more now with with McCoy and Damian Williams and that committee approach. But I think Frank Clark is a great acquisition. Um, I think he's an upgrade over D Ford. I mean, this team probably wins the Super Bowl if if D Ford doesn't jump off sides and, and give Brady a free uh, a, a free acquittal, I guess, for that interception. Shocking throw, and now he gets an extra ring. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the Chiefs, uh, I think they're, they're pretty decent. I think they're a good chance. Um, if they can try and clinch home field, um, that might help them uh, sort of get get over that Patriots hump, but um, I think they're going to run into a similar buzzsaw um, in the postseason again. Uh, I'm, I, I'm kind of surprised, Josh, that you're sort of just, just a little bit excited with Kansas. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think a huge, huge chance for a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Even, what, is it 10 and a half or 11? 10 and a half, seem, 11. I just can't, it's hard to, the secondary, the secondary is awful. I just, that's why well, I can't buy Honey Badger's come in, Honey Badger's come in. I, I, that's gonna I think he's a bit overrated as a, as a, uh, as a but passing, uh, defender. I just think. That Honey Badger, the name itself. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, that translates as fence sitter in Australia now after the bachelor <laughs> last year. Um, no, but, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, James. I, I reckon the 10 and a half is low and I'm, I'm massive on the Chiefs. Um, I think that uh, you know Mahomes is is just a super. He's unbelievable. Yep. Um, and I think their their running back situations improved. Um, you know, up until a couple of days ago, we were, we were all sure that Damien Williams was was going to be the bell cow, and there was so much hype coming out of Kansas City about Williams. Um, and, and now I'm just not sure what what happens there with Shady McCoy coming in. Um, I mean, they've guaranteed three million for the season to to McCoy. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at running back. But I'm massive on the Chiefs. I think ten and a half is low, and and I'll be going big on on that line. Uh, but I also I've got them the number one seed in the AFC, um, and going to go pretty close to winning it all. The only issue with Kansas in terms of number one seeds and so forth, yes, I think they're loaded, and yes, I think they're ready to win a Super Bowl. It's how easy that first half New England schedule is. So Kansas are kind of going to be constantly playing behind the eight ball. I think New England's first eight game, it would be very surprising if they don't go 7-1 or 8-zip. So they're going to continually be just behind, so no room for slip-ups in Kansas, especially in that first half of the year which is, you know, an Andy Reid thing. As much as I adore Andy Reid, I think he's an absolute mastermind. He is, you know, slip-ups are synonymous with him. So Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I think, they'll win the, I think they'll win the division by four or five games, to be honest. Oh, wow. And, okay, well, then yeah, you obviously I, prefer the under on the Chargers then. Yeah, I do. I do. Are we transitioning straight into the Chargers now? We may as well, unless Nick had any final thoughts on the Chiefs. Oh, look, I was just going to say that, like I said, I'm massive on the Chiefs. I think the... The Patriots are their only competition for the number one seed, but the thing that holds me back from the Pats is age factor and their injury and health history um, across across the board with with some major players on offense, especially. But um, yeah. you know, if if they go seven one in the first half of the season, they're going to be very hard to stop. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, you can't trust Josh Gordon to be out there for more than a couple of weeks. Um, Sony Michelle's knee is is probably the He's the healthiest he's been in a while, though, Sony. Yeah, I, but you, you never know. Those yeah. knee injuries, yeah. those knee injuries can, can be chronic. Yep. And, uh, you know, can he, can he handle another full season? 
Um, it's it's going to be one of the big question marks in, okay. in New England. And um, yeah, I, I've got the Chiefs number one. Let's uh, chan- transition to the Chargers. Nine and a half is the is the win loss total. Um, I was leaning over until the loss of Derwin James and, and the Russell mm. Coon hold up, and then even though I don't really you know think running backs matter, the Gordon holdout does affect them because it allowed them to use Austin Eckler a little bit more, you know, splitting out wide and things like that. So it kind of helped their passing game a little bit and just gave them a little bit more depth because if they do lose Eckler to injury, they're really thin at running back then. Um, so I'm leaning under here, um, even though I love the Chargers, they also have tendencies to blow games. Their special teams and, and coaching is just always something and, and their coach got absolutely de-pantsed in, in the playoffs by Belichick after many thought that he was, a, you know, making strides and, and kind of changing the culture there. Like, he just got completely out-coached. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go under um, at the 9.5. I will note 5.5% the SI model for win Super Bowl for the Chargers. I think the Derwin James thing, as you touched on, Josh, is probably the biggest injury of the preseason for any team just outside of luck. In terms of yep. what he represents for, for, the, for the Chargers as well, multi-dimensional safety who can line up pretty much everywhere on defense, which speaks to how innovative the Chargers are actually as a whole organization under Tom Telesco and the direction he's tried to take them in. And it just seems right when they're ready to go, this kind of injury stuff comes through or this kind of contractual holdout with Melvin Gordon or this kind of injury to Akun. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of tragedy that it just sits over this franchise who are doing everything right. Really good receiver core as well. But yet too much too much turmoil in the preseason for me, which is undoing a really good project. Yep. A lot, yeah. I, I don't but know. And I like the under as well. I, I don't have a lot to add. I think you guys have covered that pretty well. I think, um, you know, Melvin Gordon was was their difference maker on, on offense, and I think they're going to struggle a bit. I, I like Eckler as a backup, and I like him as a number two. Um, I'm not sure he can be the number one for a full season, um, but yeah, I, I'm just not not high on them without without Melvin Gordon. There. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Raiders, and we'll be pretty quick on the Raiders here because they get a lot of coverage with Hard Knocks this season, and we need to uh, kick on a little bit here. Um, yeah, so you know this team, all the focus is on AB. Their, their roster still. Their roster's still trash. I just, I don't rate that. Their defense is going to be heavily reliant on rookies outperforming their draft capital um, and, and some second-year players making some massive leaps. So they're, they're, their defense is going to be really bad, and I just don't think Derek Carr's an especially special quarterback. I don't think that they're going to be anything that's going to... Look, they might surprise a team on their day. You know, Gruden can dial it back and, and, and coach a good game plan here and there. But overall, I think he's a bit archaic and over-the-hill... Um, and Derek Carr isn't a good quarterback, so I'm going to go under the under the six wins. Yeah, I'm really anti-Oakland. I've got, <laughs> there's nothing I can really add there. Really, really anti-Oakland. And there's only nine years left of that John Gruden contract, so... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're either, you know, mad scientist geniuses or they are oh. completely ridiculous and they've lost their minds. Um, <laughs> Colin B, Colin B. Yeah, Colin B. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how AB settles into that offense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he can improve Derek Carr. Um, the, the the six wins is, is a bit of a push for me. I think, you know, if they put everything together, they can probably get eight wins. Um, I can't see them doing anything more than that. But, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit torn on, on these guys. Um, they, they're going to expect a lot from their rookies and their, their second-year players. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that wraps up uh, the ASC. So we'll move on to the NFC. But I will note that our, uh, we all three of us have Chiefs at Patriots as our AFC championship game. Um, here without uh, looking or anything off each other. We did it all separately. 
Um, we all have the Chiefs at the Patriots as our uh, AFC Championship game. So let's uh, let's move on to the NFC now, and we'll start with uh, this division. And sorry, I'm just clicking to the next sheet, and that is the uh, probably the the game that the, the division that's in prime time the most, uh, the NFC East. Um, despite you know some seasons where they haven't really had any great teams, but America's team—that's why they're in it—is the Dallas Cowboys over under nine over under nine wins. Sorry, uh, that's a flat nine there. Zeke deal will get done in the next twenty-four hours, so let's not harp too much on that because it's pretty much going to get done whether you agree with it or not. Uh, with that money, but yeah, look, they have a really good roster. I think they're—you know—when I was doing my player model, I was surprised at how good they actually rated out when looking at their team. Getting Travis Frederick back on offense is probably a bigger uh, win for them than, than than locking down Zeke. And I think they've got a great uh, call of linebackers and some young secondary players. Um, they just need to get healthy on the D-line. They're really banged up, but they have a pretty soft schedule the first three weeks, which will help them. Um, and I think they're a playoff team. They they have an annoyingly good roster, and they're an annoyingly good franchise, and I hate the Cowboys. So, um, <laughs> I, I just think so much um, of the, the Dallas Cowboys season comes down to the health of Carson Wentz. And if Wentz is fit, then the Cowboys are wild card spot. If Wentz is not fit, then Cowboys win the division. Okay. I, I wonder how high the ceiling would be without Jason Garrett at court, at, at, as, head, as head coach, because this team is really, really, really good. I think it's fairly loaded, to be honest. Um, Amari Cooper at, at receiver, Dak Prescott, Forgetting the contractual demands is unquestionably a really good player. The defense is as good as it's been in Dallas in years. Um, it's a definite over for me. And like Nick said, it's probably going to come down to Wentz's health, but either the one or the two in, in that division and their playoff bound for me. And, and people forget Michael Gallup. I think he's such an yeah. unheralded name, but the athleticism of this guy um, is off the charts. And, you know, even if even if Cooper wasn't there, um, I'd still be pretty high on the Cowboys. Um, I really like Michael Gallup, and I think he's kind of he's going to be a really good player for them this season. I think they miss a lot of credit, Dallas, as an organisation in terms of again the stability model. They're always thereabouts. It's easy to think. That, I mean, Oakland and Dallas are these you know big time NFL teams with so much history um, and controversy for that matter. But I think I, I think Dallas have really got their stuff together and, and are ready for a big role. Haven't won back to back division titles since 1995. Mm. So 25 years without back-to-back. My, my, my only issue is... It doesn't happen again. Yeah, my only <laughs> issue is Jason Garrett. I just don't think he's yeah. an overly great coach. But, you know, Kellen Moore and, and Rod Malinari, uh, Marinelli are great coordinators. Kellen, Kellen Moore, not yet, but the, the signs point to yes. Well, um, yeah. And, you know, that, that could obviously make up for Jason Garrett's, uh, you know, inadequacies and, and things like that. So I do think that they can win the division, but I'm just so high on Philly this year that, like... I just can't see Dallas getting over the line. I think Philly are one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. No arguments from me there, and Nick's certainly not going to argue, <laughs> argue with you either. Yeah, no, it's a lo- it's a it's a loaded team, smart team. Um, across, where, there isn't a weakness there. They've, you know, even Jordan Howard coming in now is going to add a different kind of dimension to what they do. Yep. Asiga Whiteside is it Asiga Whiteside? Is that the pronunciation? Yeah, the, depends the, if you want to put the Stanford. accent on it. <laughs> yeah. Asiga. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah know, he he looks good. You know, I, I, I thought that they you know there was rumors of a wide receiver being traded last week and and obviously ended up being steals. But I thought maybe Jeffrey might have been on the block because they rate. Um, JJ uh, so highly and he's come in very well but they're just they've got so much depth you know they're they're six seven their seventh offensive tackle is Jordan Maylata and I think like a lot of teams would 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 have him as a starting left tackle because that's how 
bad there is for the tackle market right now. You've got Andre Dillard as well. They've just got a, such a great team, and then they're going to now rotate, you know, Brennan Graham, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Malik yeah, Jackson, huge. Vinnie Curry, Tim Jernigan. These are all players that are produced in the NFL. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. staggering, and, and you know that uh, Jim Schwartz is going to dial it up here, and I just think they're just primed, and I, I like Wentz. I think he is an MVP candidate if he plays the entire season, um, and I think uh, the, the Eagles... Um, are a Super Bowl, a genuine Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm more excited about the Eagles this season than I was in their Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the roster is much more complete. I, I can't really see a weakness um, across any line. And, you know, I, this is going to be a really fun season. Well, I hope it's going to be a really fun season. But I also have Wentz as a, a MVP candidate. Um, so much just relies on his health and, and if he can stay on the field because he, he'll deliver if he's fit and healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think it's a two-horse race for this division. And then the other two teams, I think we'll pull them together here just to save some time. Who wins more games, uh, the Giants or the Redskins? And then who plays more games, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins? Uh, I'll start with you, James. Yeah, this is not an exotic question, but <laughs> I think Dwayne Haskins was a rare thing that actually worked out for Washington in the last few years to fall into their lap at 15 in the draft when a lot of people were suggesting that he could go number one at various times through the year. Spectacular numbers at Ohio State. Um, I'm probably more excited to see what he can do. But again, this is so system dependent. We're talking about Gruden here and we're talking about the Redskins who are one of the most incompetent franchises (laughs) in the league. So how can we have any faith in what they do, all of the Giants do, Mm. where, where players go to die in a way and it's unfortunate because there's so much talent though is just being yeah. wasted um, and mismanaged so from a coaching perspective as well on, on, on both levels so it's a real headache <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think Haskins Haskins will be the better quarterback over Korea I think oh, Denny Dimes um, is look pretty good yeah I, well I think he'll play more <laughs> games this season yep um, yeah, I probably and, agree with you there. I think he'll play more games, but Dwayne Haskins long-term will probably be the better quarterback. And, and that just just on that in terms of the amount of games Jones is going to play, you, you only get these small limited periods to get these co- quarterbacks on their rookie deals. The idea that this is going to be sort of a, a job for Eli, this to have for one year, is just an absolute waste. You invest the number six pick in your quarterback and you don't want to play him, even though he's got the talent. It, it just boggles the mind with Gettleman there, honestly. It, this it is, is mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling it's, it's that Eli is still a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and that they'd reach for, for a quarterback at six and not play him when you've got him there. So anyway, we'll see. I know we're getting carried away there and maybe yeah. we'll get proven wrong. But this is, this is what happens when you throw two teams at us at once, Josh, like yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. I'm just <laughs> no, trying to cut down time because, no, no, uh, no. yeah, we are... Uh... No, you're absolutely right, though. Like, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's maddening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to another division here. Um, in the uh, with the Bears, obviously retaining. I'm forgetting my divisions now. I'm just like my brain's fried at the moment. We're an hour, we're an hour in, and we still got three divisions to go. Um, so we definitely need to uh to speed things up a little bit. But the Bears, obviously, huge year from them last season. Nine and a half is the win totals. Um, I like the under. I think they were massive overachievers last year. And if you read the Football Outsiders Almanac, you'll yeah. know why. Um, yep. regression is coming. They're going to regress to the mean here. They benefited off an insane number of interceptions and turnovers. And that's, it's so, they're so fluky things that you just can't replicate that. Um, they didn't really add anything on pass rush. They lost some players on the secondary. So if they are to go better this year, it's going to come down to, um, the, the naggy Trubisky relationship and whether they take a step forward and, and they may, but they're going to play a harder schedule now after winning the division 
and I just can see some regression coming, especially losing Vic Fangio and replacing him with um, an overrated person in Chuck Pagano. <laughs> I, I, I take the overs and I think they'll win that division. Um, and I know that big sort of uh, elephant in the room is the 37 takeaways they had last season and, and how it's undeniable that that will regress to the mean. It happened to Jacksonville last year. It's expected to happen with Chicago this year. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Nagy-Trubisky thing, I think Trubisky will develop. I think he's kind of it's a, he's a bit underrated for, for what he can do. He's mobile. He's young. Yep. Um, my big thing with Chicago is just to let the, the the sort of unsavory taste in my mouth was the way they handled the whole kicker situation. I thought that sort mm. of deflected. I just thought that was a really uncool thing for a franchise to do and a head coach to do. Yeah, they put of... they put more pressure on whoever the kicker and, is going to be. Exactly, like, and it just, just went on and on and on. It's still going on. Like, it's yeah. exact, and you don't sort of do that. I mean, this is a, a, a game with a billion positions and, and, a, and a gazillion moments in each match. And to just harp on this kicker, yeah. I, I, that's really uncool. Not... <laughs> but I still think they win the division. Okay, Nick. Yeah, I, I like the Bears, and, and I think I, I'm leaning slight under at the, the nine and a half, just because I think, like you said, there is some regression coming. But even with regression, they're still going to be really good, on, especially yep. on defense. Um, I'm really interested to see uh, David Montgomery. Um, yep. Be the starting running back. I think he is the ability to be uh, rookie of the year, um, and I'm really excited to see that combination of, of Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Um, that's going to be really fun to watch. Trubisky is is the question mark. Um, can he can he put it together? He's it's very up and down, like a lot of the younger quarterbacks in, in the league. Um, but you know, defensively, like I said, even, even if they do regress a bit, they're still going to be incredible, and, and they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on to the Packers, and I'm, I touched on this earlier. How sometimes change can be good. This is the first season in a while that the, the Packers aren't going to be weighed down by Mike McCarthy, and they've got Matt, Fl- Matt LaFleur, who you know was okay last year, but he's gone from Mariota to Aaron Rodgers, which is a massive gap, a massive difference. Um, I still, for me, the question is, yes, they're going, to be, they're going to be better without McCarthy. Their offense is going to look better. It's going to be better. But my question is on defense, I look at this roster. Who is going to step up and be a leader here, and who's going to be, who's going to be making the plays? They have a lot of just sort of run-of-the-mill, mediocre, average players. There's no, there's no real superstars on their defense, um, apart from, I guess, Adrian Amos, who they stole from from the Bears. Um, but I'm looking at their team, and, and I'm looking at their win total so at 9.5, and, and I just think maybe 9-7 and seven is, is what they're going to achieve. I think that's a Zadarius Smith there in terms of three years, $30 million coming in from Baltimore, which was a yep. big pay. And... I'm not sure if he's I'm an elite off. player, though. No, and that, that's what yeah. I think they're paying him to be elite. You better be elite yeah, when exactly. you $30 million. But I guess from a franchise perspective, they've invested a lot through the draft as well on defense. So it seems to be this sort of, I think they'll get there. At least they're actually paying attention to that now. And it's not all, okay, Rogers, you do it. Um, but, but not for this year for me. I think this is a building project down the track. And, I, ju- I kind of just don't want to see Rogers running the whole ship anymore. So, yep. Okay. Uh, Nick? Yeah, I mean, look, if they're really a, a one-man team, I, I still feel like this is the Aaron Rodgers show. Um, yep. Just just on the coaching change, I, I haven't met one Packers fan that's upset about that change. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> if, if he wasn't the uh, the most hated man in the NFC, I, I don't know who he is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I really like them. Um, the quarterback receiver combo with with Rodgers and Adams um that, that's really solid but I, yeah I just can't trust them at all and and I'm fairly big on the 
the unders at nine and a half. I, I just can't see them winning winning ten games. Yeah, I think so. So, so Josh, did you? Did you have them winning the division? Did uh, I missed that. No, I have. Uh, I have. Uh, let me have a look just quickly. But I have them kind of nine and seven. I can see them winning the division. I can see three teams realistically winning the division. I have uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, winning the team, and, and that was going to be my next team here that we'll, we'll touch on. And the reason is I I really like the change there. I thought De Filippo was decent, but I do love the 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 fit of Cousins, Cook, and Kubiak together. I think that's going to really help. Their offensive line's terrible, but Kubiak's scheme, you know, eliminates sort of those seven, five-step drops. It's more three-step drops, and it's going to minimize the impact of how bad that O-line is. They brought in Garrett Bradbury as well, who solidified that middle for them. Um, I just think that this is a team that's primed. They're bringing back so much talent on defense. Um, they have an, an amazing defense. It's not quite up there with the level of the Bears, but I have more faith in, in Cousins and Cook than I do Trubisky and Montgomery. So that's why I'm leaning towards the Vikings. But as I said, this division's also going to come down to how they play against each other. If you can sweep a team or, or two, um, that's going to put you in good stead. So it's it's going to come down to how they play against each other. But I have them in that 8-10 to 10 win range, um, and I just have them slightly above the Packers um, in my ratings. But, it, it, again, it's going to come down to schedule and, and, and who can you know the bounce of the ball there. I, I'm... I'm pretty big on the Vikings. I think their their defense is incredible. It's probably again, you know, top two, top three in the league. Um, and and I've no no issues with them on on defense. The question mark is going to be, you know, can Kirk Cousins come back? You know, that was a disaster his first year in in Minnesota. Mm. Um, he had some great games, like the game against the Rams. He was unbelievable. Like it was one of the best quarterback games um, of the well, season, I, I, and and, and resulted in a really... loss. I still think he's a really good quarterback, and I, I I don't know if if last season was was an aberration or if it's just him in the system. I I don't know what it was, but he, I don't think he can be as bad as he was over the season. And and you know a bit of improvement um, and, and getting Cook back, um, yeah, they're going to be pretty dangerous. The Vikings three year, eighty four million dollar contract for Cousins. That was if that was the first year of that, that concerns me. Um, <laughs> And the idea as well, there hasn't been that much change on offense or defense because of that contract. They're hamstrung because of a massive gamble that Rick Spielman's taken. And it's just left this kind of same feeling. As Josh said, though, I like the idea to get Kubiak in. Might be something different. But at the same time, Mike Zimmer sort of underdid or, you know, <laughs> flattened De Filippo's tires last year by saying, no, I want to run the ball, this old school style play. Yep. Mike Zimmer, for me, is this kind of grumpy guy who is never going to be happy no matter what. <laughs> and I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite down on Minnesota. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Del- uh, Delvin Cookback is a massive... That is, massive it is big. I, I think he's going to have a, a, just a massive year if he can stay healthy yeah, in this true. scheme. I just think it just is such a great marriage of those of, the, of his talent and, and the scheme fit there. Um, all right, the last team in the division is Detroit Lions, and... Look, quietly, their roster isn't actually that bad. Like their defense, you know, it's 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 so strong up front. Their front their front four is amazing, um, and if they can get a lot of pressure on a quarterback, they're gonna they're gonna trouble some teams. And their their offensive line's quietly not not too bad either. If they can stay healthy, Frank Ragnow and and Co have had a few niggling injuries throughout the preseason and off season. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just hard to buy into Matt Patricia. He's so you know, if 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 Mike Zimmer's a grumpy old man, then Matt Patricia's like Mike Zimmer on steroids. He wants to run the ball even more than Mike Zimmer. He wants to be you know old school even more than Mike Zimmer, and that's that's what's frustrating. And they're gonna you know they're not gonna give Kerry John, Kerry on Johnson the ball enough, and they should 
be feeding him more targets, but you can see them sharing it around and, and CJ Anderson taking carries and things like that. So, look, they're a team that I, I could see winning the division. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they won the division. Like, it's not that big of a of a stretch given how even a lot of these teams are. But um, at six and a half, I'm, I'm a push. I think they're sort of in that seven to nine, seven, nine, eight and eight range. I think that the, uh, the negativity around Detroit's getting a bit too low for my liking. And Matt Stafford, I think, is still a quality quarterback. I think, hmm. you know, over the last few years, he's, he's been underrated, if anything. Um, I think his completion rates and, and accuracy um, have been underrated. I think he's been getting better in that regard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the numbers in front of me, but, yep. you know, he, he's a really solid quarterback. And, and if they can utilize the talents of baby KG, um, Kenny <laughs> Galladay, and, and like you said, give the ball to, to carry on Johnson and, and really make him that number one back, then they can they can be really dangerous and they can make some noise. But like you said, you just just can't trust the, the coaching of of Patricia. And you know, like you said, if they're going to share the ball around that much, um, you, you just don't know where where those yards and where the points are going to come from. Yeah, this seems to be one, another one of these teams who's tried to just copy completely from the Patriots playbook. Bob Quinn, general manager, former Patriot. They've got other Patriots in that staff who've just uh, flipped, uh, skipped out of my head for the moment. Yep. But and they've even installed the Patriot Hill at their training camp that the guys run up, which was a Patriot thing as well. It seems a little bit pathetic for me, to be honest. So they're last in the division for me. Yeah, I, I just see the NFL as, a, as a, like probably like when I look at the teams this year, there's like 26 teams that I think could make the playoffs. Like, like that wouldn't shock me they made the playoffs no. and I think the Lions are in that top 26 there where like Stafford could wind it back he's had years where he's carried like really worse rosters than what he has at the moment to eight wins so like he, he could dial it back and, and turn it up but he needs to you know he needs to kind of get the shackles of Matt Patricia and and Darren Bevel who want to run the ball 30 <laughs> yeah. times a game off him so that's kind of the limitation that's holding them back um, all right so you both have the Bears winning that division and I have the Vikings so a little a little bit different there, um, as a, as opposed to the AFC, where we're all pretty much on the same page for a lot of it. All right, moving on now to the NFC West, and I just have to note as well that unfortunately James has uh, he's no longer with us. That's, that's very dark. Very dark. He's 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 he's, he's alive. He's just stepped away. Um, <laughs> um, he's uh, have uh, children to uh, to attend to, so uh, we'll proceed without him. I like to call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about that too much. Um, unfortunately, Nick, you, you do though. Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. So I, know, I know exactly. Yeah, what, you know. Uh, what you know what's going, going through. through. Yeah. <laughs> so solidarity for James. But let's start. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Their their win total set at five. 0.7% um, is the SI model uh, percentage here. And I guess it all comes down to Kyler Murray and how well he's going to play. And, and this Cliff Klingsbury uh, offense, they've, they've actually said that they're going to be, they have been very vanilla, super, super vanilla in the preseason, which, um, you know, gives you some optimism for how they want to go. But when you look at their roster, their O-line's terrible. Their defense is probably one of the worst in the entire league. So it's hard to buy into them. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about the Cardinals. There are holes all over this roster, but you know, Kyler Murray is is a super exciting talent, and and I think he fits that you know quote unquote air raid um, offense that, that they're going to try and run. But I, I just don't know how they're going to protect him. Um, I don't know how he's going to be able to stop getting hit mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to utilize that offense when when he's got you know some of the biggest guys in the league coming down on him. Um, you know, play after play, I, I just. 
yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I feel really sorry for him. Yeah, exactly. I think when you look at overall roster talent um, at the moment, I think it's pretty much uh, it's it's them, the Dolphins, and the Bengals. Really, when you look at roster roster ratings, like I just feel like they're kind of at the bottom of the barrel there in terms of talent. So you know, the only thing is that. The Cardinals at least have a promising quarterback that they can build around in the future, where, whereas the Bengals and, and the Dolphins don't. So, you know, that's, yeah, I, that is I the think, optimism. Yeah, and I think they have the ability to, to surprise some teams. Uh, I mean, their line is, what, five at the moment? Yeah, flat five. Um, I, I've got them under. Um, yeah, so do I. But I think they've got more ability to, to shock a team yeah, um, exactly. and upset a team than... You know, the Dolphins or the Bengals. And early on, they're going to be really super thin at, at corner, um, you know, with Patrick Peterson suspended and now Robert Alford out for six weeks. Like they're just they're really, really, really banged up going into week one in the secondary. So that's going to, going to be tough to overcome as well. They're going to have to score a lot of points. So it's hard, though. You know, David Johnson's going in, like, the top five or six, and I've just drawn pick five in my fantasy draft tonight, and I'm dreading whether I want to take David Johnson running behind that that line, but then you also look at Cliff Kingsbury and, and the pace they want to play, and they're always going to be behind, and David Johnson catches the ball really well, and they, they should be able to get him in space. So it's hard yeah. to sort of weigh up It, it is a do. quadri, and, and I've thought a number of times about what I would do if I had picked number five. It's the um, worst spot to be. I, I was Dever. In, in three drafts, I've had pick one yep. and went the obvious choice. In the, the second one, I had pick eight yep. um, and ended up going uh, DeAndre yep. and in the last one that I just did a couple of days ago, I had pick four and, you know, had enough faith in the Cowboys to, to get the Zeke. Zeke yeah, up. exactly. I can't even pick um, Zeke, but I'm hoping maybe that the, the fourth guy doesn't want to have any trouble with Zeke and, and I might be able to land Zeke at pick five and that could be the way to go. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, no, <laughs> I really like David Johnson. I, I think he's an, a legitimate superstar in the yeah. league, but I just worry about that, yeah, that this, O-line. This O-line is just, um, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> everything's in place on, on offense for for the Cardinals and, and for guys like Murray and Johnson to, to really perform and, and ball out. But mm. yeah, the, the O-line is, is just terrible. Yeah. And, you know, looking at worst roster and, and going from worst to possibly best, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Um, their, their, their lineup is really, really strong. They're over under set at 10 and a half. Um, it's hard. You know, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. We've seen teams do it, but you just look at this roster and Sean McVay and, he was embarrassed by Bill Belichick. He he admitted he was outcoached, and I think that kept has kept him up at night. And I think that they're gonna they're gonna be fine. I think Cooper Cup's come back healthy. I think if Cooper Cup plays in the Super Bowl, they would probably win that game. I feel like that just gives them so much more options on offense. Um, and you know, look, Todd Gurley's banged up, and we don't know what he's going to be. But Daryl Henderson, I was a fan of at Memphis. I think he's a good he's a good running back. And then they've added, you know, Eric Weddle and, and Clay Matthews. And, and they don't need Clay Matthews to be an every-down guy. They can bring him on purely to pass rush and, and do the things that he's good at. Um, so I do have concerns in the middle of their defense. They just have a lot of sort of mediocre players outside of Donald in the secondary. So that's probably their their only weakness. But uh, I have them going over 10.5. I think uh, they probably win the division qu- quite easily and lock in a bye with, with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything that you've just said. I, I think they're they're a really impressive franchise at the moment. Um, Sean McVay is, is a really good coach. He's a really seriously good coach, and he was comprehensively outcoached in the Super Bowl, um, which you know hadn't happened all all year. Um, and and he'll come back better and stronger. Um, Cooper Cup coming back is is massive for them. Um, Josh Reynolds was good in patches as as that third guy. Yeah, um, but, but not Cooper Cup. <laughs> not not Cooper Cup and. Um, you know, if he, if he can come back even 75%, um, they reckon, from they reckon he's come back faster. They reckon he's 40 times faster than it was when he was at the combine. 
Well, look, which is crazy when you think about the crazy. science and advancements. But maybe he's just built up now and he's stronger. It is crazy. I mean, it's, he's a bionic man, but if, if that's true, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I believe that believe necessarily. That. <laughs> um, just given the amount of ACLs we've seen yeah. in, in the league and in different yeah. sports over the years, but um, look, if, if Jared Goff can improve another five or ten percent, yeah, um, definitely. You know, last year, what they did on offense with him being kind of an average to good quarterback yep. um, w- was really impressive. And if he can take that next step to being a, a good to very good quarterback, um, you know, they're going to be very hard to stop. And, and I'm really big on the overs for them as well. Yeah, and it's worth noting, though, that our mate James, that's no longer with us, um, he he's un- on the under 10.5 with the Rams. So um, he, he is over on... Uh, Seattle. I think he has Seattle winning the, the division, actually. So uh, he, he does. So it would have been great to have him on to, to see why he's buying into Seattle. Um, but we could check out his articles on Stats Insider as to as to the why and what he what stats he's looking at. Um, but let's let's talk about Seattle now. Um, obviously, I had them I had them under. I thought like I was on the train last year. Everyone thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I actually picked them to make the playoffs, and they did. It was a very against the grain pick. And then this year, I'm kind of vibing the different way. Everyone's kind of buying back in on them, but I just don't know whether they have enough talent on offense to get it done. Obviously, Russell Wilson is insanely talented. He's an elite, elite quarterback. But outside of Tyler Lockett, who's he throwing the ball to? Like He has no receivers. They've had to drop one to, to lock in um, Jadavian Clowney, and they're going to play Cl- Clowney at the right position. So I'm really excited now for their front seven, but they've just lost a lot of pieces in the secondary, and, you know, so they, they can't really defend the pass, and they've got no one catching a pass. So uh, I have them kind of finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. I just, for, for James to say they're winning the division is is a very bold prediction, but, I mean, if he's right, he's getting great value, but I just can't see them, you know, getting over the hump against the Rams. Yeah, I'm not going to touch this this line. I, I think James, look, James, James is an odd guy. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. Um, but, look, he, he's written some really good pieces. You're kind of previewing each division. Um and and yeah, he's he's big on the Hawks. Um, mm. Clowney is a massive upgrade for for Seattle. Yep. Um, and like you said, will be played in position. Um, and I expect him to pretty much be on every down. Yeah. Uh, well, without him, they were relying on Ziggy Answer, who can't keep can't keep healthy. And LJ Collier, their, their early round pick, that's been banged up with an ankle injury in camp. They've also got Jerron Reed suspended, who's a really great nose tackle. Um, once he comes back, and if Ziggy Answer's healthy, you've got Clowney. Uh, Puna Ford, Jaron Reed, and and Ziggy answers your front four with with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright uh, there. In, that's a really great front seven, and that'll help with their pass defense. But they need to survive and get some early wins in the first couple of weeks to sort of keep up with the Rams. I think. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's really interesting to see what a difference that, that you know bringing in Clowney does to that that front seven. Mm. Um, just bringing him in and, and adding him to the, the group makes them look so much more impressive. Yeah, and they got um, him for absolute peanuts as well. They got him for nothing. They That's, got him for nothing. Just fleece um, them. But you know they, they've got one move on offense. Um, Wilson run the ball, I guess is one, but Wilson to, to lock it is the other one. Yeah. And, I'm not sure what Plan B is. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, Chris Carson's gonna gonna have a lot of carries, um, but then he will. if if, he will, if, but I'm still if they're stopping, they're gonna be third and long a lot. Um, if 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 they are facing up against some some stout D, D lines, and so you know, 
Yeah, and I'm still I'm still unsure. You know, he was he was impressive two seasons ago when he yeah. was the, the backup, and he came in for a couple of games and was was really impressive. But last season, um, you when, when they kind of installed him as no, when when they installed him as number one, I just I'm I'm not convinced. He finished um, top five know. in in rushing yards for the season. So, but he yeah, did have a I lot of carries. So I'm not sure if it's an efficient running. Um, but yeah, uh, well, they they want to run the ball think, a lot. From memory, I think he averaged something like. 3.2 yards per carry or yeah. something like that, okay. um, which which is not it's, it's not great. Yeah. And you know I don't know how involved he can be in the passing game. Um, yeah, but you know he, he will touch the ball a lot, and and he's going to be a solid fantasy pick. Yep. Um, but you know in, in terms of actual production and and winning games of football, I'm not particularly high on them. Yeah, um, I, I because I don't know I don't know what happens if you know lock it against go, teams it, it, that have 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 a good corner and safety and can take Lockett out of the game. Yeah, you double-team Lockett. Always plan B. And, and yeah, exactly. And, he, and if Lockett goes down, you're looking at probably one of the worst group of wide receivers I've ever seen. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of unknowns and undrafted players or very late-round picks there. Um, and DK Metcalf, look, who's got potential but you know can only run like three routes, so it's going to be very tough. Um, let's move on to the 49ers. They're, they're kind of the one of the toughest teams to project, I think, for me. Like The range of outcomes for this team is is just huge. I'm, I'm not sure what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Um, you know, It's hard to hear all the training camp reports and things like that, you know, throwing picks, but I'm of the opinion that you know training camp's the time to throw picks and take risks and things like that. So it's hard to really know. And, and same with the preseason. You see quarterback struggle in the preseason, then come out and, and kill it. Mahomes last year in the preseason wasn't wasn't special, and then he comes out week one and just absolutely lights it up. So it's hard to really know what they are. I think the number eight is pretty high, and just on the just alone on that, I probably lean towards the under at the two dollars under the eight, um, just because I just don't know what the range of outcomes here. And, and looking at their roster, it's 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 okay. There's some strengths there, especially on D line, um, and then obviously you know. Jimmy, if he does become what we expected of him or, or what he was those last eight weeks, a season and a half ago, then he could do enough to get them over the hump. But um, I just can't see it. I think they're in that sort of six to eight win range. Yeah, look, I, I'm just going to say it. I think the NFL preseason is completely useless. Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> and, and and trusting trusting you know um, comments from from coaches on on quarterbacks in the preseason. Um, you know, I think. Jimmy said something about um, trying new things and, and making throws that he wouldn't usually throw in in the regular season in, in preseason, and, and I completely agree with him. Um, I kind of see this as as you know the NFL equivalent to Allen Iverson's practice um, yep. press conference. You know, it's what, what good is it him coming out and and throwing the ball two or three times and and doing everything that he'd do in the regular season? You want to see what some of these guys can do when they're kind of put under the pump, when when the pressure's on, and and you know. Your, your play call is is not working or, or whatever. Um, I, I think Jimmy G is a really good quarterback, and um, you know if he's if he's fit and healthy, then then I think the, the Niners' offense can be really good. But I think so much relies on him. Everything's going to have to go through him, obviously. Yep. Where where that ball goes is is the big question. And, and I really like Dante Pettis, but he hasn't been able to put his his yeah, skill set a, together consistently. A, yeah, he's had a bad off season. I really like Debo Samuel as well. So they have these two receivers that I really like that are kind of jack of all trade sort of jackknife guys that can be placed around everywhere. So hopefully, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan can get creative and we can see something from them. But yeah, apart from that, it's it, it's hard. I think they're kind of another year away. They might they may be in the quarterback market if Jimmy does fizzle out. So. 
Um, they're a team that, that could be on the hunt for a quarterback uh, next season. Who, who knows? I, the range of I outcomes think, is crazy. I, I think Jimmy's going to have a quietly good season. Okay. Um, I'm not sure it'll be elite level, but yep. I think it's going to be a good season, and I think he'll justify a lot of the... Yeah, well, if the, he can, if he can, yeah, if he can solidify his starting spot, he's still young and just and get over that ACL injury and then come back next year where they've acquired more players and have a more complete yeah, roster. That's exactly right. It's, it's kind of like a building bridge, sort of you know, building blocks season for them so that they can look for look towards the, the, the next season. Because if they if they don't and they and they regress and Jimmy's gone, then suddenly you're looking at a division with Goff, Wilson, and Kyler Murray, and you, you suddenly find yourself you know ranked last again and 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 the windows closed so um it's going to be tough for them um the 49ers james has under as well of, yeah I, th- I think it's for the niners it really is building and yep. um you know looking towards next season as really being a breakout year but you know even even if jimmy has a bad first couple of games i still think you stick with him you got to let him play it out um yeah. you've invested a lot in him let you know put it on him and say you you've got this you've got this position this is your position this is your franchise now um, get it right and, and work on it and get it right. And I think he'll be good. Yeah, I really def- think he'll be good. Definitely. Um, and, you know, the Nick Mullins call, like, everyone's overrating how good Nick Mullins was last year. I think people are forgetting, <laughs> like, he had one good game. Like, let's just settle down on the, uh, oh, Nick Mullins is a better quarterback shit. Like, that's just not. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> nah, there's it's, nothing in that. It's stupid. All right, let's go to, um, so I mentioned that uh, the AFC North, probably the best division in football. I think on the other side, in the in the other division, I think it's the NFC South. Like, I'm really excited um, for this division. I think it's going to be a, a great division. Um, let's start with the Falcons. Um, so this time last year, they were my Super Bowl pick to make the Super Bowl. And then the injury nightmare from hell happened for them where they just lost like seven of their key defensive players. They lost people on, on the offensive line. It, it just all fell apart for them. Um, but I, I really like the acquisitions. I like bringing back Dirk Cutter. Look, he was a horrendous coach. There's some some guys out there that are just... They're never going to be good head coaches, but they are great coordinators. And Dirk Cutter is the best example of that. I think um, he's a good coordinator. Him and Matt Ryan work really well together. Devontae Freeman's coming back. He's healthy. The question on offense is going to be how well this offensive line plays because it would look pretty ugly in the, in the preseason at times. So it depends on these two young rookies, Chris Lindstrom and, and Caleb McGarry. If they can play and solidify that right-hand side of of the offensive line, then this offense is going to be elite and going to be a great defense and then a uh, great offense. But then looking... On the defense, pretty solid across the board. Grady Jarrett, obviously the only elite player they have, but apart from that, you know, it's pretty solid. There's no real weaknesses, so it's a pretty solid roster. Um, why why can't they win the division? Yeah, the, it, yeah, really solid roster. Um, and I think last season was was an aberration for them. Um, you know, getting Devonta Freeman back is massive for them. Um, he, he just gives a, a different element to that offense and, and has the ability to switch it up at any point. Um, he can run, he can catch, he, he can do pretty much everything, and takes a bit of the pressure off off Jones and and some of the, and and Matt Ryan. Um, I saw I saw a player prop actually. I think it was yeah. I think it was for Freeman to have uh, seven and a half total touchdowns, and and I'm massive on the over for that. Yeah. Um, Are you sure that's not his rushing line? Even if that's just no, his that's rushing total. line. That oh wow. That's, okay. that's why I saw that and I went. Okay. Even if it's mine. rushing. Um... Even if it's just rushing touchdowns, like I'm, all, I'm all over that as well. I think he's he's clearly their best goal line back. I think he's gonna, you know, he's such a violent runner. When he was healthy, he's such a good runner. Like such I think a good people runner. forget I think that people people forget that. And and you know, he missed a lot of games last season. But and, and people talk about his injury history. But really, before last season, yeah, um, he hadn't missed a lot of football. No, exactly. Um, and he he was a, a top five running back in the league 
you know, two or three years running yeah. and a really good player. I think he, like I said, takes the pressure off Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones. And, and I think last year was, was really a bad year for them. Like you said, really hit by injury. Um, but this is their, this is their bounce back year. I yeah, think. definitely. I have them in the seven to 10 win range. Like, you know, things could go wrong in this division. It's a tough division. Like, you know, all four teams have could, you could make the case for, um, I think Tampa are kind of similar to Detroit where it wouldn't completely shock me if they win the division, but they're kind of the clear last team behind the, the, the three elite teams above them. Um, but it's just hard with the Falcons. But, you know, Matt Ryan's season last year was so underrated. Like People don't like... Absolutely. People just forget, like, he was amazing last year. But it was just all lost in their, in their team win-loss record. But he, he played really, really well. Um, it's worth noting James is, is kind of the opposite to us. Um, he's on the under eight and a half. Not that we're huge on the over nine, but we just kind of lean towards the push at the nine. So he's going under the eight and a half range. So he's got them sort of eight and an eight or, or below. Um, and the reason for that is because he is uh, pounding the table. Um, hashtag keep pounding is the Panthers mantra. Um, before he left us, he, he wanted to, to stress and, and underline that he is all in on the Carolina Panthers this year. He loves the Carolina Panthers. Over 7.5 is a strong play for him, I think, would probably be his best bet um, in terms of season wins, uh, totals, for, given what he was saying to us. He's really, really excited about this team. Um, he, he talked about North Turner and their offense and how good that Newton and McCaffrey are going to go and the emergence of Curtis Samuel. He's had a great offseason. DJ Moore in year two, really, really good. And they're probably the healthiest offensive line they've had in a long, long time. Um, they added Matt Paradis. It's a great run-blocking center that's going to help McCaffrey, especially in the middle. Um, and then they add Brian Burns, who fell to them in the draft, and Gerald McCoy. Things are coming together. If I was to pour cold water over them, and I'm pounding the table as well for Carolina. I'm with James 100%. I think they're a really, really good town. And James mentioned $26 to make the NFC Championship game is pretty, or to win the NFC Championship is a very, very good price. Um if I had to pour water over it, I am a little bit concerned about Cam Newton's injuries, just a little bit, even though all reports are he's going to be fine. But it's still just a little worrying thing in the back of my mind. And then their secondary, they just need some second-year players to to really emerge. But Dante Jackson and James Bradbury have shown signs. That's the only thing that's kind of holding me back a little bit on you know picking them to, to, to win the division over the Saints, who I think have an even better roster. But I think the upside of the Panthers is is massive. They were six and two before um, before Cam Newton's shoulder injury last year derailed their entire season, and and even then, like they were up against Philly, your your mob, and they came back. Philly came back and won that game out of nowhere. Um, so you know they're, they're just looking good. The Panthers before that went down. So I, why not them again? Yeah, look, I'm I I can't get a gauge on them. They're a really strong. They've got a really strong roster. They've got a really strong franchise. Um, most of all, but. So much comes down to Cam Newton, as it yeah. always does. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're finally drafted to to put guys around him that can make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really looking forward to seeing DJ Moore. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good. But yeah, look, it's hard it's hard to see what what they're going to do from from my perspective. I, I think the biggest thing against them is that they share a division with with the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm massive on the Saints, and and you know Carolina could very well be a really good team this season. But you know, I, I think the Saints are better. Yeah, and let's let's move over to the Saints. And before we do, I just want to mention as well. So, um, looking at our, our picks here, you and I both have the Saints to win this division. Uh, James has the Panthers to win the division, so he's picking the Panthers. He also he's also got Ron Rivera winning Coach of the Year. Um, so I, I guess if if they do make the NFC title game or or win the division, 
beating the beating the Saints would require a, a lot of wins. So uh, that kind of makes sense a little bit. At least he's consistent across the board there. Um, but yeah, the Saints for me, it's similar to the Pats. Like the the real question mark is Drew Brees aging, and if that's your biggest weakness is Tom Brady or Drew Brees aging and and being a weakness. If that's the the question mark around your roster, then that's that you're in a pretty good position. Pretty good position. They have a, probably a top three offensive line. They have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, two of the great weapons, young weapons, difference makers. And then on secondary, they've got Young Corner and Marshall. Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and Von Bell have been crazy. And then Jordan Cameron has been balling out on the edge. Like, they just have such a great roster. Look, I am a little bit more concerned about Drew Brees' aging down the stretch than I am Tom Brady, just because Brees has just got such more miles on the shoulder and threw the ball a lot, and he kind of did regressed the last six weeks he was he was up there in an mvp level with Mahomes before sort of week 11 and then it just kind of all fell away so that's that's my only concern i had him no doubt mvp at that stage um you know Mahomes was good Mahomes was very good i mean let's let's not let's call a spade a spade he was very good but Drew Brees was unbelievable um and and what he was what he's able to do And, and i think you know, very similar to the Eagles uh, there's no weakness in, in that roster um anywhere on the field um i think one of their one of their biggest um issues last year was was um divvying up the the touches between Thomas Ingram and and Kamara um obviously Ingram's not there anymore and, and uh Latavius Murray is going to be that that guy um and and i think he's kind of the perfect guy because now now the ball is really being shared between Thomas and Kamara, and Kamara is incredible. Mm. Um, I, I love him. He might be my favorite player in, in the league. Wow. Um, <laughs> including including Eagles players. Um, <laughs> and I Nick love Foles. watching the same. <laughs> yeah, well, and Nick Foles. Yeah. Look, Nick Foles is the goat. Let's let's not yeah. let's not uh, talk about that anymore. We all, we all know how I feel about Nick Foles, but um, Kamara is incredible. Thomas is incredible. Drew Brees has been incredible for a very long time. Yeah. And and even if he does regress a little bit, I mean, who can blame him? He's he's about sixty five years old. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, my yeah, only but... worry is like they haven't really improved elsewhere. Like they've had they've added some extra little things, so they just need some second year players like Marcus Davenport to really step up. And if they do improve in in that regard, their defense is gonna look a little bit better. So if Drew yeah, Brees see, does I, regress I... a little bit too much, then they then they they're bridging the gap for these other teams and. I feel like their window they've they've been they've lost in heartbreaking fashion now. We see it so many times in the NFL, the window just just shut completely on team. Yeah, and, and that's it. they they have to win now. Um they're they're definitely not playing for the future. They they've they're in win now mode and, and they have been for a little while. I, I can't I'm I feel a little bit differently, I think, about the Saints not improving, but I think the reason that they've improved this year is is by removing uh Mark Ingram from from that offense. Um Mark <laughs> Ingram is a really good player, don't get me wrong. Yep. Uh, but it it just meant that the number of touches that Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Kamara got was diluted. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and I think they can, they can. So it's addition by addition out. by subtraction. That's absolutely, what you're saying. absolutely. Okay. And, I, I don't disagree and with that. Murray is that backup. Yep. As the guy that can kind of pound it for a little bit and, and take some of the pressure off. Yeah. But you know those two guys, Kamara and, and uh, Thomas, uh, are incredible. Yeah. Well, they just didn't have too many draft picks. That's that's more what I was looking at. Like they they didn't pick until pick forty eight, and they took a center, and he's going to be fine and, and help that line. So that's that's that that is an improvement. Um, but you know, last year they did have Max Unger at that position. So unless this guy is better than Max Unger, the improvement for me isn't there in terms of players. It, it, it's more the it's these second year players making leaps. That's going to be where the improvement is, rather than impact sort of rookies and things like that. Um, it's worth yeah. noting James has gone under. Obviously, I mean if he's got the Panthers winning the division and 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 them going over, 
strong, then it makes sense. It's correlated that he has the Saints going under. Um, so let's move on to our uh, our last team now. We're, we're wrapping things up here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers over-under is set at 6.5, um, 1.1% for the uh, SI model to win Super Bowl. Worth noting, Saints are at 8.3% by the SI model as well. I've got this as a push. Uh, I like the team. I like... I like uh, you know the the changes they made in the coaching staff. Um, I think Bruce Arians is going to help Jameis Winston and and Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin's been like the most popular fantasy buzz name for in recent memory. Um, OJ Howard is an elite tight end, but I am really 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 concerned about this offensive line. He got sacked like five times in a quarter in the preseason, which is is insane. Um, their their offensive line is is absolute garbage, and and Arians has those sort of seven step drops. So I feel like Winston under pressure doesn't always result in the best decisions. Yeah, I, th- I think that the question for the Buccaneers is, is Winston any good? Um, yep. You know, he, the talent that he's got at his disposal, um, Mike Evans, if he had a, a, a really good quarterback, if he had an elite quarterback, Mike Evans would probably be the number yeah. one wide receiver in the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's unbelievable, yep. um, but you got to feed him the ball. And, you, and you know, Jameis Winston overthrows, underthrows, a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and like you said, Godwin has been massive in, in fantasy drafts over the last couple of weeks. Um, his ADP is shot up. Um, and they've got talent. They've got talent, but can can they put it together? That's that's the question. Yeah, exactly. And it is. And, and, and looking at the defensive side of the ball, it, it is, you know, pretty solid group of bunch. The, the secondary is a, is a weakness, but they do have some players, you know, on that defensive line, adding Dominic and Sue with Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Shaq Barrett is an underrated pass rusher that I liked in Denver. So they do have players. Um, Devin White's probably one of the most athletic linebackers drafted um, in the last sort of five years, um, kind of since Luke Keekley, I guess. And uh, so he's someone that I'm excited to watch. But, you know, I think the coaching additions are going to help them improve, but I don't know whether it's going to improve enough for them to, to get the wins on the board um, just in this division. It's a tough division. It's a tough schedule for them. So I've got sort of – it is a push. I've got them in sort of the five to eight win range Um here, so I, I don't have them as a as a strong play at all in any way, and uh, James has him as them as an under as well. Yeah, I've I've got them as a pass. Um, I think if if Bruce Arians can you know work his quarterback whisperer magic on uh, <laughs> on Jameis Winston, then, then they can they can be pretty good. Yeah, they're one of the twenty six teams I have that could make the playoffs. I think um, you know it wouldn't surprise me. Um, they have the talent, they have a quarterback, so it's not it's not you know, outside the realm of possibility in the NFL, um, the way it works with 16-game sample sizes, you can see it happening. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up all of our uh, over-unders on these on these divisions, you know, fairly consistent across the board. few teams we disagreed with. Um, so I did mention earlier that we have all had the Chiefs at Patriots as our uh, AFC Championship game. I'll note that you and I are on the same page completely here with our championship games. Um, so I've got Saints at Eagles, as uh, my uh, NFC uh, championship game, you also have Saints at Eagles, and then James. This is where things are very interesting on his part. Yeah, massively. Cowboys at Panthers um, is his AFC championship game. And then, uh, obviously, uh, with the Super Bowl, we've gone things a little bit differently. Um, you've got the Chiefs beating the Pats and the Eagles beating the Saints, and you have the Chiefs versing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, and... I a note with uh, Zach Ertz being the MVP, you have the Eagles winning it. I do. I do have the Eagles winning it. Um, if the, the biggest question mark for me is obviously Carson Wentz, can he stay healthy? Yep. Um, if he does, then I think they win the division. Um, 
if he does, I think they win the conference. Got to get past the Saints. Um, yep. And and Dallas are the two, the two big ones. Yep. Um But I think if if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I, th- I think during the season they're going to um, rely on on two tight end sets a lot. I think Dallas got it's going to play a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of touches um, and and potentially take some of the ball away from Zach Ertz. But I think when it comes down to the Super Bowl, you go to the the trusted the trusted tight end, and, and Zach Ertz is one of the best so in the you, game. You've got the young grasshopper. Uh... Doug Pedersen beating Mr. Miyagi in Andy Reid. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's kind of a, a throwback to, to the old Philly days with Andy Reid, yeah. um, who, who I still love. I still think he's he's a brilliant, yeah. hey, a brilliant he's head coach. A, yeah, Hall um, of Fame, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, and what he's been able to do with that that Chiefs roster is is amazing um, over the last couple of years. And, and they just keep improving. They keep getting better. Um, and, and they're a really impressive franchise at the moment. But, you know, in the, the NFC my, my two clear standouts are the Eagles and the Saints. Yep. Um, and I think if uh, if the Eagles can get past the Saints, then, uh, what, you know, Super Bowl is theirs to lose. Yeah, and what helps is you you have the Eagles as the one seed in the playoffs, you know, playing Drew Brees outdoors in, in winter as opposed to traveling to the Saints. And that's where the division, being, you know, the, the Saints division being so tough may help the Eagles, whereas the Eagles get to play the, the, the Redskins and Giants twice a year. And that'll yeah. get them over the hump there. Um, I still yeah, have the, that. That, I, I still that have home the advantage is, is so important to New Orleans as well. It's yeah. so important um, to Drew Brees. Yep, exactly. Even though I have the Eagles as the one seed, I have the Saints going into Philly and, and getting the job done. Finally, getting over some heartbreaking losses, and we finally get a Brees versus Brady uh, Super Bowl here. And um, I've got the Saints uh, winning the Super Bowl. I think Michael Thomas. Um, has an absolute game for the ages, but you know it's hard to really pick against the Pats, just given how great their roster is, and and they have the greatest coach of all time. Um, so you know I'm gonna have the Pats in in the Super Bowl, or at least in the Final Four every year until Bill Belichick retires. Even if Brady retires, like I could see them making a championship game with like Jarrett Stidham. Like it wouldn't shock me the way that you know, Bill Belichick goes into beast mode in the playoffs and just embarrasses teams. So um, that's interesting. And then so James has the Chiefs versus the Panthers. As his Super Bowl, he has the Chiefs winning it um, with Mahomes being labelled the Super Bowl MVP. I was going to talk awards, but I might just post them on the Twitter given our runtime. Um, but we might just quickly get through some bold predictions and, and then wrap things up. So, Nick, you want to start us off with some uh, with your three bold predictions for the season? Yeah, sure. Uh, my first one, I think Lamar Jackson will break the QB rushing record. Um, the, the current record is Mike Vick at the, at the Falcons. Yep. Uh, I think it was 2006, maybe. He had 1,039 right. rushing yards as, as a quarterback. Um, I think Lamar Jackson will eclipse that by a long way. Um, that's, that's my number one. I think Carson Wentz will throw more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. That is a, a very big call, but um, Not bad. If, he, if he stays healthy, I think Carson Wentz is the MVP. Yep. Um, and something that's probably not as big a call, um, but still impressive nonetheless, would be Saquon Barkley to break the 1,000-yard mark, both rushing mm-hmm. and receiving insanely talented um, young guy and and just does it all on the field. Um, incredibly hard to stop. Um, yeah. And will be in, if he does that, will be in MVP discussion too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like uh, I like your Lamar Jackson one and I'm big on Lamar Jackson. I mentioned that earlier. So th- that's one of my bold predictions is Lamar Jackson will receive an MVP vote. Um, I'm also on him at 80s to win, this, to win MVP. I just thought that price was Whoa. tempting. Just given... You know, if he does improve as a passer with his rushing ability, you could see him. Like, if the Ravens are the number one seed or number two seed and Lamar Jackson is has broken Michael Vick's 
rushing record and and then thrown for 25 touchdowns like why not that's a, a crazy crazy good season for for Lamar so we've 100%. seen you know this time last year Mahomes winning MVP was a crazy thought so I always kind of throw a few darts um, and I just think quarterbacks especially at big prices are always worth a little bit of a dabble um, in terms of futures I have Sony Michelle leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns I think he stays healthy and I think that the, the Pats are going to go old school and be that sort of ground and pound team and just run teams to the death because they can and just rest Brady for the playoffs and and keep him protected and then I've got Miles Garrett leading the league in sacks I think uh, with the additions that they've made on defense he's not going to be able to be double teamed too often and I think he'll get outside and get to the quarterback a lot um, potentially breaking the record it might be something to look at um, potentially just given his tools, he's incredible. You see, you see his uh, body issue photos. My God, what a what a specimen! <laughs> he's a, he's a unit. Oh, he's mate, a unit. he is he is awesome. Um, so let's uh, quickly finish off with James's bowl predictions. He's got uh, Washington getting Dwayne Haskins fever. So I'd imagine he he if we had him on, he would have probably said Dwayne Haskins started for maybe eight to ten games for for the Redskins. He's got Leonard Fournette winning the rushing title. He did touch on that when we talked about the Jags. And then he did say he was high on the Titans, so he has Mariota flirting with a the hundred passer rating for the season, which would be quite an impressive feat for for Mariota given his history. So some onion hangers there from all from all of us there. So the nine bowl predictions. Um, I'll post the table on our, uh, our Twitter feed at Wooten Y, which you might think about changing given the season, but uh, I'll post it anyway. Um, we'll with, put it on uh, on Stats Insider as well. Yeah, I'll uh, take a screenshot there of our uh, all of our division winners, our, our wild card teams, our MVP, MVP dark horses, rookies of the year, coach of the year, all of that. Um, so check that out, uh, Nick. Thanks very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I apologise about the length to all your listeners, but we'll be back actually tomorrow night uh, to preview Week One with. Uh, the NFL kicking off on Friday, not long to go. Yeah, no, it's going to be an exciting season. Um, looking forward to previewing week one. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to this season. Bit more, most excited I've been for a, for a long time, I think. We'll be back tomorrow. So please check us out on Twitter at JYNFL for, for me. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Splitter. And then obviously um, follow Stats Insider as well at Stats Insider and check, check out all of those predictions and, and percentages for week one and beyond um, at statsinsider.com.au. And until tomorrow, peace.